Hi, I'm Steve. I'm the Digital Director at Spectrum Group. Our mission in life is to unlock the potential of your people. And we do that through three things, hardware, software, and expertise. Welcome to today's podcast. As usual, I'm with Neil and JB. And today we're talking about a subject close to our hearts, which is automation. We've touched on a few things. We've touched on how the future of transformation is not necessarily replacing your ERP. It's how businesses are starting to introduce intelligence into automation and we touch on how you can use automation to scale your business as usual please like subscribe and follow and with all that said welcome to tomorrow's workplace today so today we're talking about our specialist subject automation um, so yeah, I want to pick your guys' brains on what what automation is going to do in terms of the, the future of industry over the next few years. All right, so we'll start. I'll start with a, a bit of a buzz phrase: digital transformation. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone's writing white papers on it. Where does that fit with automation, or where does automation fit with this digital transformation agenda that's currently going on? Who's going to go first? I'm definitely letting Neil go first. Over well. to you, Neil. I guess if I if I look at the customers I'm helping currently, like you say, there's quite a few that are going through ERP upgrades and that type of thing. And I think when we talk about digital transformation, a lot of businesses, yeah, where do we start? That is a question. It's like, and again, what processes do we go after to try and digitize, to try and automate? What is digital transformation for that business? Again, if we're talking about a business that's been in in existence for say 100 years or so that might be completely different to someone that's been in existence for 10 years Mm -hmm. so um again thinking about my customer base i have examples of both really but if i look at a couple of the projects i'm working with at the moment um one of them have just been acquired by a massive big um building company and um i suppose acquisition brings a an interesting sort of uh spin to it because they all depend on who the parent company is they generally have different systems so mm. i'm speaking to different stakeholders and and yeah because it's part of a group they've brought in different uh leads i guess project leads one of them specializes in digital transformation and but from a finance perspective so again makes a good fit for our sort of ap automation piece but they're going through like a, a big ERP upgrade from like a green screen sort of AS400 type system that have worked in that building industry for donkey's years, 50, 60 years. And again, it's that old adage of if it broke up, fix it scenario. So I can get it from an investment investor's point of view. If they're looking at it from a money making exercise, well, we're making buttloads of money, buttloads of profit. The system mm. seems to work and it's not broken, but they've also got to have one eye on the future and sort of say, well, actually, yeah, I, this particular competitor is coming up fast, what they're doing, what systems they have. So they've obviously recruited well, brought in certain people and and So is that is that what digital transformation looks like for them then? It's it's putting a new ERP system in. And I what, think what's that, the output of that? What are they gonna get as a result of that? I think you're right. <clears throat> and and so great question. I think initially they've obviously flagged it as a as a an issue. And and again, I don't know the ins and outs of their strategic decision to upgrade because ERP is a, a massive it could mm-hmm. be that it's end of life for that particular product it could be there's a specific feature like they might be doing more e-commerce sales and it only deals with bricks and mortar um and in that case we have found that <laughs> certain historical businesses 
on the outside from the customer's perspective you think it's just one business but inside operationally they're more or less running two separate businesses they've got mm. the bricks and mortar and they've got the e-commerce and the systems don't link the uh warehouse systems don't seem to speak to each other so again someone could buy something uh online and all of a sudden not update the on-premise on premise sort of bricks and mortar and the warehouse has got a problem because it's like hang on i've got two orders who do mm. i which order do i fulfill and um things like that and it and it does happen it does uh, it, i mean i've <laughs> i've witnessed it recently with with uh yeah just garden furniture <laughs> just yeah my order was supposed to come and it and again somehow even though i got emails to say it was assigned to me yeah uh they fulfilled someone else's order and mine's now out of out of stock i'm thinking okay but these are these are problems that, that these big companies ha are having now i guess from a digital transformation piece they they seem to be the the first things to look at because it's like okay what systems have i currently got well mm -hmm. i've got an erp i've got a, maybe a warehouse management i've maybe got a crm my customers seem to be looking at those initially and then they take a slightly different tack by looking at well, what are the paper processes that are just slowing everything down and then trying to digitize and automate those as well um but we've kind of got a bit of um uh i suppose a we can bridge that gap by offering complementary softwares that can bolt onto a lot of these systems. So you'll see more and more talking about integration and, and APIs and this type of thing where systems have to speak to each other. Whereas before you had a human literally having to key in information from one system to another because mm -hmm. they just didn't speak. Um, and now technology, again, has advanced, but again, the price points come down so it's more accessible for SMEs to actually implement bots and, and other technologies to actually yeah, speed up the implementation but i think I'll maybe throw it back to yourself from a from an erp perspective you've, you've got quite a bit of experience of implementing upgrades and erps and bits and pieces just from your perspective what yeah what's your thoughts on digital transformation in, in that yeah i think probably 10 15 maybe even 20 years ago putting a new erp system in or putting a erp system in was was the digital transformation but i think big projects like that are, are painful yeah, and I know from experience they're really painful, and and I'm, if I'm honest, I'm not sure loads of businesses have got the value from that that type of transformation that they thought they would. Yeah, I think now the the argument for moving to the latest ERP is longevity of the business. I think it's make making sure that you've got a backbone that is supported, and that if anything does happen, you it's backed up and it's supported by a a, a provider. I'm not sure putting a new ERP system in in today's world is going to deliver the digital transformation that a lot of businesses are after. I think it's more about how do we get a quicker return on investment? How do we transform quickly? How can we be more agile and you know test and learn? And, and that lends itself to different technology for me. And that <clears throat> that's the thing, isn't it? Because I, I think, you know, we'll come on to it down the line, but there's, you know, um, digital transformation and then there's introducing intelligent automation. And I think one digitizing things is, is a great first step, but mm. introducing intelligence to that down the line is where people will really reap the, you know, the rewards. But just on what you said there, for me, there's a, that interesting, and it's where we kind of fall, the, the position we fall in is that at the moment, we're seeing a lot of ERP providers try to be one size fits all. You know, we've mm. got central ERP system, but we're going to bolt all these other things on to try and tie a client into them rather than and not necessarily be specialists at any of the peripherals mm. but more about the core whereas though 
where we can add value and, and other you know providers can add value is actually being that that specialist third party that can deliver value quicker probably with maybe a, a better fitting um solutions so you were saying neil about people entering information from one system to the other and you know and then there's integrations well actually i'm experiencing there are some erp providers out there that don't want a bar of a third party having any sort of mm. interaction with their system and obviously yeah. one of the great things about what we're able to do using bots is we can overcome that so that the the client isn't a stuck to one partner or one software we can actually say do you know what no problems at all we can we can put something in place that will deliver you much quicker benefit and, and efficiency rather than maybe you know waiting for a new module to be created somewhere down you yeah. know, the ERP providers roadmap <clears throat> we, we see it in our home life don't we with, with the likes of Apple trying to kind of lock you into their ecosystem and you know once you're in it's difficult to get out and I think it's the same with enterprise b2b people like SAP Oracle Microsoft they want to keep you in their their product suite and make it difficult to plug other stuff in which is fine until acquisition comes along as you say neil and then have you get acquired by if you're sap and you get acquired by an oracle house then what do you do or similar if you buy somebody else you've got the same problem so but businesses need to find a way of not getting themselves locked into those ecosystems is my view and like you said it's that speed to value in terms of okay so what what are we actually trying to achieve are we just trying to upgrade them so they become a in line with with everybody else's system in the group and are we actually going to add any more value are they going to or is it because again I've, I've a couple of my customers i think a couple of them have been doing these projects for three years four years mm. and it's gone on and it's like okay i've done to run to budget more often than not they've gone over budget by quite considerable and then yeah in terms of okay have we actually benefited from that what what's the outcome or have we just stood still because mm -hmm. again most businesses know that you have to sell more to you're either growing or you're, you're dying type thing if you're just stagnant you through yeah. inflation and other things you, you're going to go backwards so how are we actually scaling how are we growing and the companies i like to work with uh quite often are the ones that are wanting to grow and and, and that speed to them is important how do we implement something get it up and running mm. and getting it get that roi as fast as possible and and again if we can shorten that from years to to months or even weeks to a certain degree um and it doesn't have to be wholesale changes it can just be a small iteration in a specific function that has a massive impact mm. um and again it starts that sort of chain reaction and we talk about sort of our platform of just getting something in getting it working getting it used getting the because you've got that whole change management piece getting the users up to speed of a new system new environment you've got to build trust again we're, we're implementing something into a into a human space so we've got to build those sort of softest sort of trust elements into it once they've built trust it's quite interesting how quickly they say oh can it do this can it do that oh mm -hmm. i've thought about this use case yeah. and and all of a sudden we break it down and we build little chunks and that's where when you introduce the sort of agile methodology it fit really nicely because yeah, little and often generally works quite well. I think on that, sorry, Steve, mm. I, I think on that completely, you know, agree. My, <clears throat> where you were saying, Steve, about, you know, companies, you know, are on an acquisition trail and l let's say 
the business is right, but the system's wrong. They're still going to buy the business, but they're going to set aside a fair old budget to say, right, actually, we want you onto our, our platform, mm-hmm. you know, the, the mm-hmm. core platform. When in actual fact, you've got, and with that, there's going to be an awful lot of upheaval, 18, 24, 36 months, an awful lot of um, uncertainty with the staff because they're going from something that they know inside out back to front to mm. learning something completely new, but not just as we often go in and help with like one particular area, be it finance, be it HR, operations, whatever. It's it's everything, mm. the, 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 you know, the, the lock, stock and two smoking barrels. Um, r- rather than actually, do you know what? You're operating fine on that system, but we want to be able to, you know, get whatever we need from you to be able to integrate. Well, that's where we can we yeah. can help, and you can have a much smaller impact on a much probably smaller. Uh, sorry, you can have a much larger impact with, but less impact on the staff and the business and the budget. Yeah, by actually going, do you know what? Let's stay as we are, but we'll find a way of bringing what we need into that. Because the risk with acquisitions, and I've seen it a few times, is big organization acquires small, nimble, entrepreneurial organization over the course of 12, 24 months, then folds that small, agile, entrepreneurial organization into the big enterprise and everything that they bought, they lose. You know, they, they bring in bureaucracy. They bring they slow things down. Yeah. And ultimately, then what you paid X million pounds for has suddenly disappeared. Yeah, I think that's absolutely spot on. And I've seen it the other way around where, again, some companies have just been left oh yeah we've been acquired but we've left to just because we're profitable we've been left to to run as we continue that and again sometimes that can be um disadvantage just because like they get a little bit of false sense of security okay yeah we're all profitable but if we actually still look at your processes they're still very archaic Mm -hmm. and very slow and you could be even more profitable and 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 I've seen that where the the rest on the laurel. Oh yeah, it's okay. We've been doing this for years, and luckily, I've seen a few local companies where they've employed a a new person or someone's come across from a group and just just looked at it from a fresh pair of eyes and thought, actually, yeah, we've got the autonomy, so we've still got the agility to sort of put little bits and pieces in, and we don't necessarily have to have the upheaval. Um, and that's where I find that sort of sweet spot between. You've got the backing of a big, big yeah. business. Got the investment there. You've got the ambition to grow, and then you can also put the right people in place and, and get those sort of systems and processes in to deliver a, a really good, yeah, transformational piece. Mm-hmm. And then really, it's hard. Well, for the companies like ourselves, it's to do a really good job in those type of industries or businesses where we can then reverse into the bigger corporates and say, actually, look, we've done a really good job in this subsidiary give us a crack at mm. these other subsidiaries that you've got and 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 i think it it works really well we just yeah we do a good job we deliver on on what we promise and then actually being able to go back and say look we delivered it on budget on time here's the roi that we estimated here's what you actually got mm. more often than not it's more and then quantifying that because i think on that a massive erp upgrade or change mm. I bet when the scope was written three years ago, let's say, let's say it's, a, you know, to now, I, I bet the business has changed. I bet the requirements, not only of the system, but of the businesses mm. has changed. And then, you know, and then it becomes a bit like the Eiffel Tower where, you know, you start again and, you know, you're just hemorrhaging money rather than being 
nimble and yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I mean, how long do people stay in a job nowadays? It's probably it's probably less than three years. So if the project lasts three years, then chances are the person that defined the requirements up front have probably moved on to a different job. So yeah, yeah. that that's the regular occurrence. I mean, from your customer base, uh, JV, are you are you seeing companies investing in those core systems, ERP, CRM? Are you you seeing them investing in automation and RPA and that that type of technology, or a bit of both, or what what are you yeah, seeing? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, I'm Fortunately, I would say with a big smile, I'm seeing less ERP um, change, mm-hmm. um, thankfully, uh, and seeing more wanting to, right, we're happy with what we've got as a, as a core. We want to start introducing digitization, intelligent automation or, or automation and intelligent automation um, using whatever you know means either we or, or other people can provide. So definitely... I'm seeing, I'm having conversations around how can we speed up the process of uh, any process, be it a sales order process, be it a you know um, purchase ledger process, um, be it an HR pro onboarding, all those sorts of things. It's it's very much around how can we get value quicker, not only just in delivering something, but but in you know what we're able to you know the data that we you know we want more rich data so that we can make more insightful decisions so much quicker that mm. in such a you know um, volatile world business world that we're we're working in and living in at the moment actually having that power to make quick decisions but with confidence is putting a lot of businesses in you know in a, a lot of good. Mm. space so actually you know the, the sort of my two themes are one they value the staff they have because recruitment's really tough at the moment yep. so actually they want to make it as enjoyable but as as enriching as as possible and scalable yeah they want to be recruiting no no yeah. it, it, and absolutely and and all right that's my second point sorry you know, mm-hmm. just, give me a sec mm-hmm. <laughs> you too long i'm not as bad that. as him <laughs> give me a sec um no but uh, but the other bit is absolutely we value the staff that we've got finding people's difficult so actually if we can scale it but mm. not have actually have to scale with the same ratio of headcount yeah then we're in a much better place there we go do you want anything else to add no, that was a good point thank you well well made as well thank you so you've touched on intelligent automation as opposed to automation i think i'm seeing a transition in our industry from automation towards intelligent automation for listeners watchers viewers what do we mean by that when we say things are moving towards intelligent automation? Neil? Well, intelligent automation for me, well, it's an umbrella term that is a collective of all the technologies. So the AIs, the machine learning, the OCR, the ICR, all these different acronyms, ultimately for different technologies that's combined into one to try and, again, facilitate either a system or a or a group of systems to do what a human would normally do from like a very basic admin perspective. And again, use cases that we've, we touch on a lot of finance automation, but if we took that end to end, like the whole purchase to pay piece, or even right through to the supply chain piece where you can actually connect all the dots in terms of, um, yeah, onboarding new supplies, but working with purchasing to look at trends, to actually look at, yeah, what are they buying now from who, which supplier? Are they getting the correct price? Can we look uh, to the market, see what that's like? How does that work with 
um, warehousing capacity? Um, can we deliver the products more intelligently? As in, I mean, one of our uh, customer that I've worked with in the past, they were looking over COVID, they were looking at the actual, what the customer's buying in the shop and that data was fed straight through to the actual supply chain and they was able to manufacture drop the products and this was during covid to so drop the products that weren't, weren't selling at all so there's no point i mean historically that the erp would just buy a certain gray paint at six month intervals type thing mm. whereas this was like actually yeah stop manufacturing that we need to mix this this and this paint and we're selling x amount of quantity so we need to drop the lead times fulfill what the customer wants the sales went through the roof and just having that day to end to end as opposed to having it sort of delays by adding human interaction in, into the piece. It delays or slows down the speed. Um, but yeah, the intelligent piece of automation, if you think about automation as itself, it's been around for a long time. You even see it in movies. You mainly see it with eccentric sort of professors and, and, and sort of scientists trying to move things from A to B and they have pulleys and systems. And I mean, I'm going back a while now. I even remember it in like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and things like that where it, there's Not levers. Not my time. So oh, there's like, uh, what else is there? There's like, honey, I shrunk the kids and things like yeah. that where they have these crazy eccentric professors trying to, but automation's everywhere. Back to the future. So nearly, back to the future. Wow. Gone with like, the wind. Gone with the wind. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, you're really well, unhappy with Chitty Chitty <laughs> Bang Bang. But. <laughs> I was scraping there. But it, my point now is we've got automation everywhere. Like, you know, in our phones, there's probably more automation in our phones than we even use. I mean, I've got Alexa at home and things like this. So we've talked about in the past where we've probably got more automation in our cars, in our home life, and actually less in our business life. Mm. So how can we run these processes that we've said in the past um, that bots can help us either assisted or unassisted? I think there'll be more and more unassisted things working in the background that once we've configured it and once we've set it going, it'll just work mm. to ultimately assist us. Uh, and that's the that's the whole point of it. So I think we've touched on some interesting points around automation today. So we've touched on kind of ERP systems and are they the future of transformation or a business is gonna turn to more, I guess, agile tools like RPA. Uh, we've touched on how businesses can scale using RPA. And we touched on how I guess intelligence is coming into automation. So not just automating repetitive tasks, but actually how to use AI to drive some of the thinking behind that. So thank you for your time today. A little bit of a, a bite-sized pod. Um, so everyone, have, have a good day.